Okay, today I want to invite you, the listener, onto a journey of understanding a little bit more about my story and who I am. So my background is I was raised Catholic at a young age, all the way up until somewhere around the age of, I think, 13 or 14. My dad started going to a non-denominational Christian church, and he took me there. And one of the gentlemen at the church shared with me the gospel of atonement, which is, you know, basically I would be going dying and going to hell for my sins. But if I accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that I could go to heaven when I die. That was the first time in my life I had heard that message. I will also say in about um, 12 years of being a Catholic churchgoer, I think this non-denominational church was the first time I realized that God had a son that was there for my salvation. I, I knew a lot about praying to Mary and the rosary and something about communion and some guy speaking in Latin and jumping up and down a lot when you were inside of the church building. But I had never heard anything about salvation or God's son sacrificing his life for me. There was never an invitation in the Catholic Church to receive salvation from God, which, um, you know, as I reflect as an adult and look back on that, I don't know if that's the case in every Catholic Church, but I do feel that was a huge shortcoming in the one I grew up in, considering salvation is kind of central to the entire message of the entire Bible. But anyways, so 14-ish years old, I hear that message of the gospel the first time. And so I go, you know, and I pray in my room on my own um, because I'm not much of one for doing things just because some guy says or going for an altar call. I, I didn't care about any of that stuff. That wasn't my cup of tea. I was a big believer that salvation was an experience. If that was real, it was just supposed to be between me and God. And why did I need some guy to play a piano in the background while I was saying some magic prayer? You know, I could just do this on my own. And so I did. I go home and I end up um, somewhere in my room. You know, I've got this little sinner's prayer in the back of a gospel track or something. And I decide I'm going to read it that night and I'm going to get saved. And I read the prayer perfectly. I mean, I know I said all the words just right the way they were printed in the book. I tried to believe it from my heart, whatever that meant. I said the words, I believe it from my heart. And I didn't experience anything really. I woke up the next morning and I didn't feel saved. I, you know, I didn't know if you were supposed to feel something when you were saved, but I don't know. I had never done it before. And I was a pretty persistent kid. So I decided I was going to do this again. And so that, you know, I go through that day, get to that night and I decide I'm going to pray that sinner's prayer again. You know, and I, I grab my little gospel track or whatever, and I start reading that prayer. I read it perfectly. I might have even read it more than once that night. I don't remember for sure. But I do know that I had read that thing, determined to be saved. I woke up the next day, and I still felt normal. I didn't notice anything different. So that night, I determined I was going to try something maybe a little bit different. Because uh, I still wanted to know that I was saved. And simply having read that prayer two times did not bring, you know, what I would consider a salvation experience. So this third night, I'm in my room and I don't read the sinner's prayer. Instead, I just come to God and pull some words out of my heart. I literally surrender. 
I, you know, I don't remember the exact words, but it was something, you know, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I need you to be the one to do the salvation. But here I am for this experience, you know, and it was just a surrender from my heart saying, look, I don't know the right words. I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before, but I'm here to put my faith in Jesus Christ as my savior. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I know for a fact it worked that night. You know, the first two times I just tried to check the boxes perfectly according to what men told me I was supposed to do, and that didn't work. But when I came to Jesus and just surrendered on my own, one-on-one, -on -one, privately, me and God, I know it worked. Because I got woken up that night by what I now know was the audible, booming voice of God. And I didn't know it at the time, but it woke me up, scared the hell out of me. And the voice said, Eric, you are my prophet. That was it. I woke up as a 14-year-old kid having no idea what just happened to me. The voice was so loud in my mind, it was as though somebody was standing next to my bed with a megaphone yelling this thing at me. I didn't know what a prophet was because it didn't come with like an instruction book or understanding. And I was raised Catholic and all I knew was pray to Mary. I didn't really understand, you know, much else throughout the scripture. But I had this experience that actually just scared, scared me a lot as a kid. So I woke up initially because I, you know, I'd never heard the booming voice of God. And I'm going to tell you, if you hear it, it's powerful, powerful. And so I woke up and I'm going to tell you the whole story because it's kind of goofy. But the first thing I said is I just started uh, speaking out loud because I literally thought somebody had broken into my room. I thought somebody was there to attack me. Maybe, you know, I didn't understand what I had just experienced. I now understand that I had experienced my spirit waking up and going from death to life. There's actually a physical experience where you can experience that. But at the time, I just woke up and said, hey, good thing I'm a black belt in karate. I wasn't. I was just a goofy kid that I could barely lift a 10-pound dumbbell at this point in my life. I was probably less than 100 pounds. I was a pretty small kid and I just thought somebody was there to try to kill me. And so I literally got up, I jumped out of bed, I searched under my bed, I tried to do like some little ninja hands, get ready in case I was about to get into a fight with somebody and there was nobody there. I ended up checking the, the, the whole house. At this point, uh, my parents had split up and it, I lived with my dad and it was just me and my dad in this place. So I went and checked the whole house my dad at the time had very severe sleep apnea. And so, you know, he slept with a sleep apnea machine, uh, snored very, very loud. I make it all the way to his side of the house, you know, and I'm trying to wake him up. Hey, dad, was that you? Did you just call me or say something to me? My dad is clearly out cold, heavy, heavy, deep sleep, doesn't have a clue what's going on. And so for me as a kid, I'm just sitting here kind of in wonder as to what just happened to me. What was this booming voice? Where was this person at? And what's going on right now? Something feels different about me. That was my initial salvation experience. It took me a while, but I finally got back to sleep that night. And I woke up the next day. And the only way that I can describe it is it's like the hand of a loving father, God himself,
was just on my shoulder. And it was like everywhere I went, there was just this presence, this life, this peace, this encouragement, this love that I had never experienced before. And it was like this presence was with me everywhere I went. Well, fast forward, I, you know, it didn't take that long for me to just find an incredible love for the scripture. I started opening and reading, you know, reading the Bible. I started reading a lot of the Old Testament, I a lot of the Gospels and the New Testament. All the stories fascinated me. And it wasn't that long before I started having a lot of, you know, what I didn't understand at the time were prophetic experiences, but people around me, older and more mature and more understanding, began to understand that. I had uh, one friend of mine, the guy who actually preached the gospel to me in the first place, who used to always say, you know, hey, Eric, you're very prophetic. And I didn't understand what any of that stuff meant. But what I did understand is I was starting to know things that there would be no way that I could naturally know on my own. I was starting to have dreams about people and things before they would happen, and they would often end up happening. I had times when I would just be praying one-on-one with God. I remember, uh, you know, more than once I had had the Lord come to me and say something, you know, hey, go share this with these people. You know, one of the times it was, hey, go tell these people they're going to have a kid, you know, and so I go share them, uh, share with them this message. I know they've been trying for over 10 years at this point to have a kid and they hear the word from me and within, I think, a matter of months, they're pregnant. And so a lot of things like this just begin to happen. I begin to know things uh, supernaturally. I remember one day I was sitting in a friend of mine who was a chiropractor. I was sitting in his office and, you know, I didn't function well in healing back then. I was looking to just, you know, whatever everybody else did with healing. Anyways, so I'm sitting in this chiropractor's office. He was a great man. He actually inspired me at one point to where I wanted to be a chiropractor, but the Lord called me to something else. And while I'm sitting there, we're, we're having this little uh, presentation and he's asking everybody, you know, he's trying to come up with this number and he's having us guess what this number is. And I don't know how to explain it other than I was strongly able to perceive the exact number that was in his thoughts. And I remember sharing that and him just looking at me like very, very surprised with, hey, how did you know that? And it's because I had received it by divine revelation but I didn't understand it. You know, the, the whole audible booming voice of God thing didn't come with an instruction booklet. It just came with a lot of weird stuff that started happening to me. There were a number of other things that I began to hear and know ahead of time, but I don't want to share all of those right now. Um, some of them actually weren't good things, and I didn't understand what I was supposed to do at the time about them. You know, I, I had... A revelation about um, somebody that was going to pass away and come time it happened I felt like I was guilty somehow because I was was I supposed to do something why did I know this piece of information if I didn't have a solution to this information then one day I'm in that non-denominational church in one of the associate pastor's offices and I see a book on his shelf called how to heal the sick and that was fascinating to me because I love the idea of being able to heal the sick. 
I had been reading the Gospels. I had been seeing Jesus and all of his disciples doing, you know, these miracles and these healings. And I was just like, yes, you mean I get to do this? That's something we can do now? That's awesome. So I went, brought that book home and started reading through it. Uh, my, my hope was that, you know, reading this book would equip me fluently in healing the sick. I, I will say by the time I was done reading the book, I was no more functional in healing than when I had begun reading the book. And so I, I don't think that was necessarily, I don't know if it was the book's fault per se, but I have read a lot of books over the years that promised they would take me to a certain place and they never did. Uh, but within this book, I begin to hear more about this message of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which I had never heard of before. You know, I'd been reading the Gospels, but I hadn't got to that part yet. Uh, you know, I hadn't got to the book of Acts yet. And so I just see this little bit and this mention in this book about, hey, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I decided I want this experience. It seemed cool. And hey, if God's got more for me, I'm going to take everything that I can get that's transformation into the image of Christ. I want it all. I don't want Christ to have died in vain in any area. I want to be able to walk in 100% of everything and every part of salvation that he has given to me and that he paid the price for. So anyways, I am praying one day and I'm just asking the Lord for this baptism in the Holy Spirit experience, you know, whatever this is. And I think it was around evening time at this point. It was somewhere around evening to nighttime because I remember laying in bed, like going to bed pretty soon. But I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying for this baptism in the Holy Spirit experience. And all of a sudden, there is this really, really strong wind draft just that comes blowing through the house. And I didn't know what it was. So I got up and I started checking the doors and the windows. I figured maybe a door was open or something. Um, you know, it was not every day that there's a giant breeze blowing through the house as though I was outside in a giant open park, and yet it was in my bedroom. I didn't understand what was happening at the moment, but I ended up going to sleep that night, and when I woke up, I woke up in a very unusual state. I don't know if you've ever experienced where you're like half awake, half asleep, almost in kind of a meditative trance. Uh, I'm just kind of groggy not quite awake yet do i have to be you know do i have to go to work and you know face the world yet or can i just sleep a little bit longer i was in one of those half awake half asleep kind of states and it was weird i actually found myself kneeling down at the head of my bed i was holding my rosary and I don't know if that seems sacrilegious to some. For me, I, I still had the rosary and not because I was still praying all the Hail Marys and all the Catholic stuff. Um, the honest reason I had it is it was a glow-in-the-dark rosary and I love to glow in the dark. And so that's actually why I had it. I just like glow-in-the-dark toys. But I found myself half awake, half asleep, kneeling down at the head of my bed, holding this cross necklace. And I was praying in a language that I did not know. I realized that I was praying in tongues, but I had never experienced that before. And so for me, I woke up to find myself praying in tongues and I realized that I had, at some point, I began to realize that I had experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit and that that's what that mighty rushing wind was. 
But for me, it was just unique because I, I know there's a number of people who try to have a baptism, the Holy Spirit experience, or that they do inside of churches. And they often are immediately speaking in tongues upon, you know, this mighty rushing wind coming upon them. For me, it was just a little bit different because the wind came, I went to sleep, and then I woke up hours later and found myself kneeling and praying in tongues. I don't know how long I had been in that state. I have no idea. And so for me, you know, it was a unique experience, but it was a cool experience. And to this day, I can still speak in the exact same tongue and the exact same prayer language. I'm going to keep sharing my story over the next maybe few episodes or a week or so. But for today, I just want to reiterate and encourage a couple of things. Jesus saves. He's definitely a savior. And if you need a real salvation, if you need a salvation experience, it is one that can absolutely be had. Understanding what is salvation is kind of a big question and a big concept, but at a basic premise, it is God helping do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It is us coming to life in our spirits and beginning to just understand and see more about the world through the eyes of God. We begin to experience more light, more life, more abundance, more positivity, more wonderful things. We may experience some things that are bad. It's possible to see persecutions down the road for sure. But it is one of the most wonderful journeys that begins to give you purpose and identity. Ever since giving my life to Christ, I have gained purpose. I've gained identity. I've gained capability. I've gained intelligence. I have just grown and grown and grown in many, many things. It's an absolutely wonderful, worthwhile experience. If you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's a genuine experience that can be experienced by you. Scripture teaches it. We see it in the Gospels, or we see it in the book of Acts. We see it in the New Testament. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a wonderful experience, which really helps us begin to step into just a more real presence of the supernatural power of God and of the Spirit of God. I know some of the circles that I've been involved in over the years, I'm amazed. There's people out there that try to use human intellect to reason away the gift of God. But I will say, we don't want to lean on our own understanding. We really want to just say, look, maybe my intellect is not big enough to fully grasp the gift of God. Even when we're highly intelligent, I'm a well-educated man all the way through law school, you know, highly intelligent. And I am intelligent enough to know to not lean on my own understanding because the gift of God is far beyond what I can simply grasp with my intellect. It's something that really needs to be stepped into and experienced. And it's something that we receive by faith. So my encouragement to you today is if you need to be saved, if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, pursue these things with God. Blessings to you.